This is the storyteller with another hot topic. People who are unhappy in life but won't admit it after displaying these behaviors. Let's face it, in this day and age, 2024, we've come a long way. I'm 63 years old. I've experienced some things in my life. Depression, I've held the hand of for a long, long time. I recognize it when it shows up. Now, thank God. I've been delivered from it, and so can you. However, there are signs that we need to watch out for, are questions that we need to ask ourselves to identify these diagnoses that the doctor will give us a diagnosis for it, depression, bipolar, mental disorder. I've done research, and I would like to share some of the things that I have found out with you. And also, some of the things that I have gone through in reading these things, I am a candidate. All of these things happen to me. Maybe I'm the only one. But if you have experienced any of these things, there is help for you as well. There is no medication that is stronger than the mind, will, and determination. Our society has mastered the art of pretending making us believe that we should always project an image of happiness. Some people have become nothing short of experts in masking their true emotional state, not even admitting to themselves that they are unhappy. But subtle behaviors often spills the beans. Today, we explore such behaviors. Let's dive in. They mask pessimism with humor. Have you ever been in a conversation where someone lets a pessimistic view slip out only to hastily cover it up with a joke or say, I'm just kidding? These brief moments where pessimism seeps through can be revealing. They are telling us something to watch out for in people who are important to us. Two, they no longer take part in hobbies or activities they once enjoyed. I had a friend in high school who was an avid sports enthusiast, soccer, basketball, you name it. He was always the first to sign up and the last to leave the field. But gradually, I noticed a shift. He stopped showing up for games and seemingly lost all interest. What I am about to say sounds obvious in the context, but I didn't realize it at the time. This was more than just a phase of disinterest. It was a substantial red flag. We often display these and we go without noticing these behaviors in our loved ones, in our mates, in our friends. According to experts, drastic changes in behavior, like losing interest in activities once loved, are another indication of unhappiness. My friend withdrawal from sports, something he once loved passionately, was not a simple choice. It was a telltale sign of a deeper struggle. At the time, I viewed it as a mere change in interest, but now I understand it was a profound inability to derive pleasure from activities that once brought him joy and excitement. Do you have a friend or loved one who is no longer doing things they once loved? It might be time to give them a bit more thought, especially if they show some of the other signs. They frequently compare themselves to others. We are all guilty of comparing ourselves to others. This is number three. But do you know someone who constantly compares themselves to others almost obsessively? 
It could be a colleague who always measures their success against their peers or a friend who always contrasts their lifestyles, achievements, or even appearances with others. It could be that they're always changing their hairstyles, their profiles. They're always forever changing something about them. This sort of behavior goes beyond healthy competition or occasional envy. It is a sign of something deeper. The act of frequent comparison is often rooted in feelings of inadequacy and dissatisfaction with one's own life. It's mentally exhausting and detrimental to one's emotional health because often it creates a persistent sense of failure as there will always be someone who seems to be doing better. In a world that often promotes the idea of being better, faster, and more successful, it's easy for this behavior to be overlooked or even encouraged. However, when someone is perpetually comparing themselves to others, it's not just a harmless habit. It can be a cry for help, a sign that they are grappling with their own inner demons of unhappiness and discontent. Four, the overindulgence in alcohol or drugs. No, this sounds glaringly obvious for many. Turning to alcohol or drugs is an attempt to self-medicate, numb the pain, or escape from our underlying lives that we can't seem to get in control. Often acerbates the underlining issues. Recognizing this behavior is a potential cry for help rather than just a lifestyle choice is crucial in understanding and supporting someone who might be struggling with unseen battles of unhappiness or depression. I used to be depressed all the time. I would cry at least three or four times a day. Sometimes I would sit there and just have an overwhelming sensation to just cry. Depression is real. Five, they use their devices as an escape. In our digitally driven world, it's not uncommon to see people engrossed in their phones or on their laptops. But when someone seems to retreat into their digital device as a form of escape, that's different. They might be a friend who is perpetually scrolling through social media, the colleague who is constantly gaming during breaks, or the family member who spends hours binging watching shows. While this might seem like normal behavior in our tech-centric society, it can sometimes be a sign of something more concerning. Using devices as an escape can be an indication that someone is struggling with unhappiness or emotional distress. It's a way to detach from reality to avoid dealing with underlying issues or uncomfortable feelings. This behavior is particularly concerning because it can create a cycle of avoidance. The more a person relies on their device to escape, the less they engage with the real world, potentially increasing feelings of isolation and disconnection. Another one, they seem to be gaining weight quickly. While it's easy to attribute a few extra pounds to lifestyle change or age, there is something more to this story. A deep-seated emotional struggle can be a contributing factor. Research indicates that about half of the people who binge eat are battling a mood disorder such as depression. Depression is a demon. This relationship between rapid weight gain and emotional well-being is complex. While depression can lead to overeating as a form of emotional comfort or 
escapism, the act of overeating itself can also trigger depressive symptoms. It's a vicious cycle where emotional distress leads to overeating, which in turn can acerbate feelings of guilt, shame, and further deepen unhappiness. Watch out for it. Another one. They often seem tired. Do you have a friend or loved one who is always seems unusually fatigued? No matter the time of day or the amount of sleep they've had, it's a telling sign of unhappiness that often overlooks. In fact, the Mayo Clinic has pointed out that people who are grappling with unhappiness or depression frequently encounter sleep disturbances. Some research suggests a staggering connection. More than 90% of individuals suffering from depression experience fatigue. I can tell you something about fatigue and being depressed. This isn't just a matter of being physically tired. It's an overwhelming sense of exhaustion that permeates every aspect of life, making even the simplest tasks seem Herculean. When someone's energy is constantly low, it could very well be a silent scream from their inner self signaling deep-seated unhappiness or an underlining depressive state. If you notice it, take note. This is the bottom line. But how do we come up out of it? I can tell you how I came up out of it. I came up out of it with a closer relationship with Jesus Christ. I came up out of it with a spiritual walk. I came out, out of it because I went before God and poured myself out and said that if you are who you say that you are, reveal yourself to me. I don't want man to reveal you to me. I want you to reveal you to me. If you are who you say you are and everyone claims who you are, reveal yourself to me in the name of Jesus. I woke up three hours later on my kitchen floor. That was my encounter with God. You need an encounter with God. He said, come to Methrone boldly, boldly, go. State your case. He already knows what you need. He knows what you're going to say. Take it to the throne. That's why it's called the throne of grace. Honey, what you need is not inside of a church. It can help, but what you need inevitably is a personal one-on-one -on -one encounter with the Trinity. Because I had become suicidal, it was getting ready to be over for me. I was cashing out. The way I looked at it, I had nothing to lose, so I went to his throne. Angry, broken, without knowledge, confused. I took it all to his throne. Every why, what for, why not, what are you doing, who are you? I had so many whys, it was unbelievable. I took my rant, my rave, my whys, and all of my questions straight to God. And I got the help that I need it. I'm medication free today. This is 2024. I am medication free. I am alcohol free. I am drug free. And I've got peace like a river in the most adverse of situations. It's undescribable peace. But if you do what I did, you'll understand this peace. You'll have this peace. Time to evict depression. Time to evict addictions. It's a new season. There's a new sheriff in town. His name is Jesus. You better go and line up with them. This is real. Our spiritual growth is real. It's essential for us as human beings to have a spiritual life and a spiritual connection. Without it, we are vulnerable to all of the emotions, to all of the cares that this world offers. Without it, we are a broken breed 
that will remain a broken breed and the pharmaceutical companies will remain getting fat. This is The Storyteller with another hot topic. Depression is real. Are you unhappy and don't even know it? Subscribe to keep up to date.